Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 31 of the Mass Mouse Fans Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and we are back after a long hiatus of not recording. We are back in action. I know what you're thinking. Chris, I just listened to episode 30. It seems to have been released recently. What's up with that? Well, that episode, if you listened to it or if you read the show notes, was recorded back in November of 2021. I got distracted for 10 months and finally got a chance to edit it and release it. So there we go. So we are now 31 and hopefully this will be another round of me releasing these on a fairly regular basis. With that said, I would like to welcome my co-host. You know him, you love him. It's Matt. And oh my goodness, it's not Matt. (laughs) No, Matt's a little under the weather right now and... In his place, I have invited the very first guest I ever had on the Mass Mouse Fans Podcast, Wesley. Wesley, welcome. Hey, how's it going, everybody? How's it been? It's been, what, like three years since our first episode? (laughs) You've been on since, though. It has been quite some time, but yeah, we see each other all the time, but I... We haven't really been together on this in a long time. That is true. That is true. And you're not my co-host. Well, you're not my co-host for this show, but you're pretty much my co-host in life. Yes, very much so. Uh, This is to say that we're not replacing Matt. Uh, I'm going to give Matt some time to, to recover. And when he's ready, we're going to talk about a lot of news that's come out recently. But for today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to do a recap of all of the parks-related announcements that were made during the D23 2022 event held in Anaheim last weekend, hosted by Josh Damaro, president of the Parks and Experiences. Before we get started, Wesley had made a suggestion to me that we kind of change up the format a bit. It's been 10 months since I've recorded, and I think a little bit more structure is in order for the podcast. So what I'm going to do, I will do a little bit of format, including some new segments, maybe a couple of things that uh, might be a surprise. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll start that probably when Matt comes back. But the, the one thing I do want to begin, and this is hopefully going to be a continuing segment or continuing spotlight that I'm going to do at the beginning of each episode. What I would like to do is a streaming spotlight. When I created this podcast, I wanted to share some of the tools that I and Matt use to stay in touch with the Disney parks. Uh, The mass mouse fans podcast in itself is one of those tools. We try to offer our opinions, our thoughts, our experiences, but we're not the only one that's out there. So I want to share some of my favorite Disney streamers. These are people who go to the park often or offer something that you might not know exists. So for the premiere of this segment, I'm going to give a shout out to Subsonic Radio. This is a website and an app where you can play sounds from the Disney parks. It is a live feature, so it's it's not like a on demand where you can try and bring up like the haunted mansion or something like that. No, it's it's continually playing sounds from the Disney parks. They actually offer various stations and I'm going to go over the stations with you. There is a request station, background, staff picks, great music ride, future land, main street USA, living seas, star tunnel, dole whip, holiday, halloween, wilderness junction, 
Wedway People Mover, Tangaroa Terrace, Soren, and Subsonic Radio 2. So if you are in the mood to listen to, say, something from Adventureland, you can listen to the Dole Whip channel where it will be playing background music from in and around Adventureland. Or if you're in the mood for Halloween, there's a Halloween category. Or if you want to listen to hours upon hours of the Star Tunnel from Space Mountain, they actually have a channel for that. So these are not sponsors. These are just people who I am a huge fan of. And I listen to Subsonic Radio all the time. So that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to start off this episode. So thank you, Wesley, for that suggestion. Yeah, of course. Glad to help. All right, so getting to today's topic, which is all of the park's announcements made at the D23 2022 event uh, that was held on September 11th, 2022. We're going to go through everything that I took notes on, which was basically the entire two-hour event, but we're hopefully going to condense that. We're going to share some of our opinions, but we are going to hold off on some of the big opinions when I can get Matt back on the podcast so he and I can really dig down into, especially the Walt Disney World, that's our favorite park, and uh, it's the one that's closest to us, So, and it's the one that's near and dear to our hearts. So with that, and Wesley did not see any of the event, is this correct? That is correct. I've only shared a few of the highlights with you, but... Going in blind. Going in blind. All right. The event starts with a live performance from Jordan Fisher of Happily Ever After. This was a nighttime show that went away during the 50th anniversary. That was unfortunate. And replaced by Enchantment, which... Was also unfortunate. Yeah, at best, the opinions have been lukewarm. So there's this grand Broadway number style event with Jordan Fisher, Happily Ever After... It ends, Josh Tomorrow comes out on stage and basically says, well, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. We are bringing back Happily Ever After. Hallelujah. I am so excited. I, I even texted you as I was I was kind of live texting you. I felt yep. a tear come. I, I felt myself welling up. Well, I, it's our song. It is our song. So happy they're bringing it back. Uh, so that was the first announcement right out of the gate. Then Josh did a kind of a generic discussion about all of the anniversaries that are happening. Of course, the the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary is going on. Next year, we've got Epcot's 40th anniversary. There's the 70th anniversary of Disney Imagineering. Paris is celebrating its 30th anniversary. Tokyo Disney Sea, its 20th anniversary. And Tokyo Disneyland, its 40th. But the big theme over all of this is that the Disney company itself, the fact that we call it D23, means that 2023 will be the 100th anniversary of the Disney company. Is that what the 23 is for? That is what the 23 is for. It's when the company was founded by Roy and Walt. It is the Disney 100 Years of Wonder. And it will be celebrated across all the parks, but the main one is going to be Disneyland because that's where it all started. Makes sense. There there were some smaller announcements going into the Disneyland. Disneyland was the very first topic, uh, but prior to, to that, it was announced that during the Paris 30th anniversary, they were going to be doing a debuting a new show called Pixar We Belong Together. They also made another mention to the 100 Years of Wonder being across all the parks. Josh thanked all of the cast members, many of whom were in attendance for the D23. 
Then he invited John Favreau onto the stage to join him. John Favreau, who is the, he's happy in Iron Man. He's the the oh, driver yes. and the the bodyguard. Uh, he is also the person who brought to screen the Mandalorian. Hmm. He's also directed Iron Man and Iron Man Two, so he's he's big into the Disney culture. Uh, and we have him to thank, of course, for Grogu or Baby Yoda. John Favreau comes on stage. They announce that in Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge, they will have the Mandalorian and Grogu appear as a live walk-around character. In fact, Mandalorian and Grogu appeared on the stage. Wait, Grogu, how'd they get that to work? He's in a little satchel that the Mandalorian carries. Okay. And it's, I think it's like a mini animatronic because it actually moves around and it moves its mouth. So it's going to be very exciting. From what I understand, this is outside of the D23. This is all the rumors and stuff. We're not getting it at Walt Disney World because of the Galaxy Star Cruiser storyline that they have set up. The Mandalorian does not fit into that timeline. Yeah. So at least we can see videos of the Mando walking around Disneyland. Uh, At least it exists. And if it's popular enough, maybe it'll make its way over. Exactly. The timelines with Disney World's Galaxy's Edge is very fluid, very malleable. Mm -hmm. The live walk around Mando and Grogu will start in mid-November. There was one time frame for that. Then the next topic was Avengers Campus, which opened up in Disneyland a couple of years ago. He invites Kevin Feige on stage, the president of Marvel Studios. They have a little back and forth going on when on the big screen behind them, Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, interrupts during a Zoom-type conversation to say that there are many colors that exist within the Avengers campus. You got your red and blues and your whites and blacks and... But where's green? Where is green? And in walks a giant... Hulk wearing the Avengers Endgame white suit on stage, live on stage. I don't know how this works. If it's a human being inside of this suit or if it's an animatronic that they have been working on for a long time. I'd imagine they probably, was it big enough to have someone inside of it? Looks like it was big enough. It was big enough to have someone inside and the movements were so human-like. So maybe it was just a very well put together bodysuit. That's what I'm thinking. With the little bells and whistles on the ends to make it look more high tech. And you can't put an animatronic that is worth that much money Ugh. out into the public. I don't believe so. Because we've tried to put droids out in Galaxy's Edge and kids kicked R2-D2. This is why we can't have nice things. Oh wait, did that actually happen? Yeah, they <laughs> attempted it in Disneyland. Oh. So Hulk in the Endgame costume shows up in Mark Ruffalo's voice. And uh, says that he's going to be a live walk-around character as well. And that is actually ready to start immediately. Jeez, that's quick. The next announcement is actually an attraction announcement for Avengers Campus. And that's going to be an e-ticket Marvel's attraction that's going to take place within the multiverse. And the big bad of the multiverse is going to be King Thanos. This King is the th- yes. This is the Thanos who won. Oh, oh multiverse. Okay, multiverse, I see what you're doing here. Yes. Okay. From what I gathered from Josh Tomorrow's announcement, 
This will be an attraction like Star Tours, where each time you ride Star Tours, it's, you visit a different land within the Star Wars universe. You're going to have a different experience each time you ride this. Will it be a different universe each time? Yes. Ooh, and different Marvel fun. characters, including, I assume, Marvel characters that may not have made it to the end of Endgame. You've got your Scarlet Witch. Oh, oh no, not Scarlet. You've got your, your Black Widow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And from what I've heard, the relationship between the Disney company and Scarlett Johansson has gotten better. So we'll see. Did she stop asking for more money? <laughs> I think there was probably an agreement or an arrangement. So that was it for the Avengers Campus discussion. There's been no time or date set for, for this attraction coming in. The next announcement, which is one that I shared with you, Pacific Wharf, which is basically it's part of Disney's California Adventure, and it's almost like a like a food court area. There's no real attractions there. Okay. But what connects it to the rest of Disneyland's California Adventure is there's a Golden Gate Bridge replica. Hmm. It's a walking bridge. No, I'm sorry. I believe it's it's actually a monorail bridge. I don't oh. know. I've never been to Anaheim. I apologize, folks. But the announcement that came out is that they are turning Pacific Wharf into San Francisco. Oh, yes. This is going to be great. So we are getting a little bit of Big Hero 6 here in California. Or there in California. We're in Massachusetts. The next announcement, Pixar Place Hotel is set to replace the Paradise Pier Hotel. Uh, this Paradise Pier Hotel was bought by Disney probably about 20 or 30 years ago. It was a hotel right there in Anaheim. They bought it. It has been through many iterations. The most recent was Paradise Pier Hotel, which is sort of a beach-themed hotel. They are now getting rid of the beach theme, and they are going to turn it into Pixar Place. In Tokyo, they are doing this, where hmm. it looks like the building blocks that Andy would put together for, for his toys. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Downtown Disney, which is what it's still called in California, is getting some new restaurants, including some Chinese cuisine, Porto's Bakery and Cafe. And when Josh announced this Porto's Bakery and Cafe, which is local to the Anaheim residents, the crowd went nuts. Oh. So apparently this is a very popular bakery and cafe. Is it like a small business that just boomed? I guess so. Uh, I don't even know if they have more than the one location. It'll be the second location in, in uh, downtown Disney. Oh, wow. And then uh, Run Disney, which has not had an event at Disneyland, will be coming back to Disneyland in 2024. So all the runners oh, wow. will be happy about that. The topic then moved to Mickey's Toontown, which, again, we used to have in Walt Disney World in the Magic Kingdom where... Uh, new Fantasyland exists, where uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is, and where oh, Ariel's yes. mm -hmm. uh, ride is. They still have this out in California. What we know, now, they are going through a reimagining of it right now. Okay. So a lot of this that was announced is stuff that we already knew. They're building a second runaway railway there. Okay, I mean, it makes sense, because the one over here did really well, I believe. Yep. Uh, they're getting a different ride queue than what we have because we took elements of the great movie ride and incorporated it they're getting a whole new ride queue system oh interesting that will go through mickey through the years starting at steamboat willie oh i love that yeah okay uh, i believe that the ride itself will be exactly the same as ours but the queue will be very different yeah 
There was questions about Donald's Boat because Donald's Boat is one of the places that you could visit in Mickey's Toontown. That's going to remain with new water features for let's it'll be like a water play area. Oh, fun. And Goofy's How to Play Yard, I guess will be a nice uh I don't know if it exists already or if it's coming, but he did mention Goofy's How to Play Yard will probably get a reimagining. Then the topic moved to New Orleans Square, which for them, this is our Liberty Square, but in Disneyland, it's it's New Orleans Square, and this is where their Haunted Mansion is. This is also where their Splash Mountain is, and there was a big to-do about Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Okay. This will be what is replacing Splash Mountain, and the date set is late 2024 for both California and Florida. Oh, so they are doing both of them at the same time. Yes. Oh. And then they had three three Imagineers who have worked on designing and developing Tiana's Bayou Adventure come out and describe their process and how they've actually traveled to New Orleans. They've tried the cuisine. They've listened to the music and just the nightlife and the atmosphere. And the fact that you say the music, I mean, we're all wondering, are they going to have any songs from the movie? They will. Ooh, do they release which ones potentially? Potentially, because that is coming up, actually, in just a couple of seconds. The story is, the year is 1927. Tiana is throwing a celebration because she has opened Tiana's place at this time. So this is after the the events of the film. But Tiana is missing an ingredient. And it's not necessarily a food ingredient that's missing. It's just something a little extra that she needs for the celebration. It could be food, or it could be... Additional musicians for this celebration. It could be Gator. It could be Gator. As we travel along with Tiana and her friends through the bayou, there will be use of mist for projections. So this is where few of us Disney fans who paid close attention to the lack of audio animatronics recently just kind of went a little, oh, so so there'll be projections. Oh, there'll oh. be a lot of projections. Interesting. We are hoping, we have no word of it yet, that there will be audio animatronics because Splash Mountain is known for the fact that it has some of the most audio animatronics in an attraction. Yeah, I remember just the few times I've been on it. It's an adventure going all the way through it. It is. It And it's songs that, aside from Zippity Duda, a lot of us mm-hmm. probably don't even know were in that film. Yeah, it's very reminiscent. So this use of mist, they are referring to it as the Bayou Magic. And then they also said that this is going to be a love letter to New Orleans. Okay. There may be some new dining available in New Orleans Square in order to celebrate the Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Several cast members from the film will be returning to voice their characters in the attraction. Music will be a huge part. And at that point... Annika Nani Rose came live on stage and did a live performance of Almost There in a lavish musical number with several backup singers and dancers and then proceeded to do Dig a Little Deeper. Ooh. Okay, so if there's any inkling to this whatsoever, Almost There must be played right before you go over the edge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. While Jennifer Lewis was not there to perform Dig a Little Deeper... She will be returning to play Mama Odom. Yeah. So we're... Oh, and it ends with a marching band, like a New Orleans-style marching band coming down the aisles and playing. So it was was an extravagant number. (laughs) 
Oh, I great. think I think the folks at Disney are truly excited about this, and I'm excited too. I love mm-hmm. Splash Mountain. I do. Maybe it is time for a refresh. Yeah, given the history of the content it's based on, I am okay to moving forward with the facelift, but the magic better still be there. Yes. Uh, so that was the grand finale of the Disneyland announcements. We then turned to the Walt Disney World, and... What we learned is Disney Enchantment, which was brought in for the 50th anniversary, and Epcot's Harmonious will be leaving. Yeah, I mean... Oh, mm. I know. The barges in Epcot will remain, Ugh. but we heard. <laughs> so, Just my thoughts on it, you know. So after Illuminations, which was a wonderful show, mm-hmm. the barges were brought in, and in between that interim, there was Epcot Forever, which was a medley of... Epcot songs throughout the years. Things that don't exist and things that do exist. Yes. Epcot Forever went away. We knew it was a misnomer because it's not Epcot Forever because it's disappearing. It went to Harmonious. Now we're hearing that Epcot Forever will be back in between the transition. (laughs) It'll never leave. They will have a new show apparently for the 40th anniversary set for October 1st, 2023. Holy cow. Oh, wow. That's pretty soon. We are getting there. Wait, are we at the 40th now? It's going to be this year. Is that when it's happening? 1st, 2022. Yes, because they opened in 1982. Ooh. We are coming close to the 40th anniversary of Epcot. I'm kind of surprised they haven't been advertising a bit more. Well, I mean, the 50th anniversary is still going on. Fans had to force Disney to accept the fact that they were going to have a 35th anniversary. There was no announcements for a 35th anniversary until fans rallied around it and made it happen. Oh, geez, this one a reason to celebrate, which I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, so, brand new show for Epcot next year. World Celebration, which was called Future World. That's where they're doing the Moana Journey of Water, oh, yeah. all that stuff. They are getting a Communicore Hall and Festival, which will be a stage, uh, stage for live performances. This will go pretty much where Club Cool used to be. They tore that building down. It's right in between where the giant fountain used to be and Journey into Imagination. It's right there. That's the the south side of that fountain. Journey into fountain. Imagination staying where it is, though, right? It is, yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I heard some news about that, too. Yeah, that's coming up. Okay. Yes. I was a little disappointed with the Walt Disney World news because a lot of this is stuff that was already announced and we knew was in the works. Now we're just getting rough dates for some of these well i mean i figure a lot of this is because how often is d23 every two years every two years so i imagine a lot of this is catch up from covid because you know believe it or not we're still kind of in the middle of it it's true so i mean two or three years of what it takes to put something together so if they weren't able to do it for two or three years they have a lot of catching up to do yes they do they absolutely do uh i was just hoping for more you know i mean yeah i completely get it maybe it's maybe it's the selfish side of me but more disney more More. disney so uh what we learned is journey of water is in development and if you didn't see the giant crater in the center of epcot yeah that's what's going on is set to open late 2023 the journey into imagination news that we got is that figment who have you you've actually have not been able to meet in the parks for almost 20 years, will be coming back as a character. That's so exciting. So we're excited to hear about that. I was hoping to hear more about that pavilion because it definitely mm-hmm. needs to be updated. But It needs something, but you know what? The updates that we are getting, I'll take. Yeah. Uh, the Magic Kingdom 
Our Haunted Mansion is finally getting our version of the Hatbox Ghost, which uh, just premiered at Disneyland not that long ago. This was an original concept design from around the time when Walt was still with us. Oh, wow. Uh, never came to fruition until the Imagineers finally created an animatronic to, to do this. When was the animatronic created? The Disneyland version that they have right now, I think, was only within the past four or five years. Oh, it's that recent? It's that recent. Oh, because I know the character itself blew up when they announced him. Yep. I just figured he's been there this whole time. He's been an idea for a long time. I see, but never to fru full fruition. Correct. And that's really all we got for, for the Haunted Mansion, for that section of Magic Kingdom. What we learned is Light Cycle Run, Tron Light Cycle Run, will be opening in spring of 2023. Oh my god, finally. And they will be introducing a Tron identity game simultaneously. How uh, does that work? I don't know. I didn't get a whole lot of details from this, but I understand that the other two days of D23, this may have been discussed because they did a games panel and they did a Marvel panel. So, so by game, do you mean something kind of like Test Track? So is it like Test Track where you build your own car first and they consider that kind of a game? Or is it going to be its own game release on a platform? I think it's going to be a game release on a platform. Oh, interesting. i got to read up more on this. Because uh... Tron is a really... I'm surprised. It's an untapped market for gaming, honestly, because it's, it's based off of a game. Or a computer, I should say. But it would yeah, translate yeah. very well to a video game, I feel. The movie is... The original movie is users humans going mm -hmm. into a computer world where they play games and they it's actually more of a competition yes. for survival but uh so that's all we have really for light cycle run and that announcement that was it for the magic kingdom nothing from hollywood studios nothing from animal kingdom well i mean hollywood studios leave that poor park alone for a mm. while it's gone through a lot it really has <laughs> and animal kingdom until we get more Avatar, which is what I'm sure they're waiting for, that's when we'll probably get more updates. Well, we are getting a sequel soon. <laughs> I'm going to leave yeah. that one alone. <laughs> so the next topic was something that's near and dear to us. The Disney Cruise Line. We've learned that the sixth ship will be named the Disney Treasure. Ooh, because that's what it's going to cost to ride it. Yes, indeed. And it will be themed for adventure. Hmm. It's a Gilded Palace-themed Grand Hall, and your main attraction or your main people for that Grand Hall are going to be Jasmine, Aladdin, and the Magic Carpet. Ooh, that's amazing. That's usually like the statue that they have in the, the main atrium. Will it be themed just after the one movie? No, no. The, these ships, or is that just one kind of area? Just the one area will usually have one character that is the, the giant statue. For the okay. wish, it was Cinderella. Gotcha. Uh, I believe the magic which we will be going on, it's Mickey. Mickey. Oh, okay. Captain Mickey steering a ship. Nice. They also announced that in addition to all the places that they've traveled, they are going to be adding Australia and New Zealand as part of their itinerary starting in October of 2023. And it will start with the Disney Wonder. Where do they leave from? Because that could be a long trip, right? I'm going to assume they do have sailings out of San Diego. And if I recall, okay. some of the Halloween on the high seas that the Wonder does is out of California. So I believe that's where it's going to be. So it's a shorter trip than okay. having to leave Florida, either going through the entire Atlantic and Indian and Pacific mm -hmm. Oceans or hooking a left at the Panama Canal and going that way. They will probably do it out of San Diego. 
Gotcha. Because I'm just thinking we're going to Bermuda. That's almost five days. Yep. Australia, I'm assuming, would probably be closer to 10. I would think so. Just because it's far away. I believe at the most their sailings are 12, 12 days. Okay. So That could be a lot of fun. They've also announced for the future Samoa and Fiji. Oh, um, okay. So yeah. the islands. Nice. Very tropical islands. But Pacific, because we've had a lot of the Atlantic with the Bahamas. They have a lot of uh, ships that go down there. So this will be some port adventures out to the Pacific. So now, will all of the cruise lines potentially go to all these destinations? Or will only certain ones go to certain locations? They said to start, it would be just the Disney Wonder. But with six ships coming into their fleet, well, five ships currently with the sixth coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that it could be a round robin. It could be one ship. They decide that the Wish is going to be more popular because it's the largest of the ships. Maybe that will go to Australia if they get enough demand for it. Or yeah, per season even and just rotate everything. So mm-hmm. that way if you want a certain ship to go to a certain place, you can literally just pick the year. I would assume they're not going to send their brand new ship out into uncharted waters. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. So the Wonder, which was the second ship after the Disney Magic. We are going on the very first cruise ship that was ever built. They built them concurrently, but I believe the Magic was the first one to to be ready for sailing. Gotcha. And then they have their own island, which is Castaway Key down in the Bahamas. They have purchased a second island in the Bahamas called Lighthouse Point, and it is still in development. 90% of the energy on that island will be solar. Oh, 90%? 90%. That's pretty that's, good. That's impressive. And that's all they had for Disney Cruise Line. Uh, the the Lighthouse Point, there was not a whole lot in development. Mm-hmm. All they did was they had uh, Josh Tomorrow on location at Lighthouse Point and a drone camera. As it pulled out, you could see that not a lot has been developed, but they showed some concept art, and it looks very nice. I see. They moved on next to Shanghai Resort, where they are currently developing Zootopia Land. That'll be fun. And the Zootopia police station will be home to the new attraction. Not a lot of details, but I thought that was exciting, and they showed a a very advanced audio animatronic for the, is it the cheetah police officer? <laughs> oh, the front desk cheetah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so cute. Everything except for the eyes are animated, but everything else was animatronic, and he looks amazing so they are spending money on animatronics so will he be the one that kind of greets you for the ride and then you go do your thing yep oh that's fun okay aside from that the only thing they mentioned with shanghai is duffy duffy the bear who is a huge character in the asian parks oh yeah i forgot about that character because duffy is the name of the teddy bear that Minnie gifts to mickey now was that a popular animation in japan yes now yes what did it get released only there? Like, why did it get so big there, I guess? Marketing. Oh. Marketing. They they created this new character for the Asian parks. They marketed the heck out of it, because that's what Disney does. Oh, it's kind of like that um, citrus bird that they have going Little on. Little orange now. bird, yes. You know, the bird. And Figment. Figment is only exists in Epcot. Well, I mean, Figment at least is adorable. Yes. Duffy is adorable, too. And Duffy mm-hmm. and his friends, they are walk-around characters in the, the oh, they Asian parks. they have walk-arounds? Parks. Yes. <laughs> That's so cute. But it's one of those things, just like anime, is so popular in Japan, and then it kind of traveled over to the United States. There are now huge Duffy fans in the United States, so it's only a matter of time. Okay, we'll eventually see him walking around here. 
Duffy will have a new friend who is Lena Bell, and I believe she's a fox. Mm. So they introduced her costumed character that will be walking around the parks. And then Duffy and Friends, this is exactly what I was just talking about, Duffy and Friends will be getting its own show on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Synergy. Is it... Synergy, <laughs> Synergy. Is it going to be animated? I believe it is, CGI? yes. CGI? I have no idea. You know, there's a couple different ways they can go about it. Absolutely. Huh. I mean, look at what they've done with the Marvel stuff because oh yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it's a lot of live action mixed but with CGI. What if? But what if was an amazing animated series. Oh, I did hear this is outside of D twenty three. This is a potential rumor. Oh, but those who watched What If originally, the season one, may have noticed that Tony Stark was a little different because Robert Downey Jr. He's left the property. He's he's gone. You know, he's he's officially retired from it. He might be returning to play Tony Stark in season two. I think maybe he heard the actor who was trying to imitate him <laughs> and said, no, I can do this better because I am Tony Stark. I am Iron Man. So that was it for Shanghai. Then they moved on to Hong Kong Disneyland, where they are going to be erecting a new Walt and Mickey statue, hmm. similar to how we have it in Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom, you have, well, you have Walt and Mickey in the center, center plaza. Mm-hmm. Then further down Main Street, you have Roy sitting on a bench because Roy is the one who dedicated oh, that's the Roy. park. They're going to have Walt and Mickey sitting on a park bench. Oh, that's nice. And they said it's going to be very reminiscent of how Walt got the idea for Disneyland by sitting at a bench at Griffith Park watching his daughters. And he thought to himself, what if there was a place that the entire family could enjoy? Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Aww. There's going to be a new Frozen-themed land with two attractions coming. One attraction that I know that I heard was going to be a coaster, a family coaster style. Oh, okay. And they plan to have that open in the second half of 2023. I wonder if it'll be indoor. More than likely. You know, I'm just thinking anything based on the movie, because I'm assuming it'll probably be based off the second one. And then that way they can have a lot of the colorful visual effects. Yeah. I Aside from Mount Everest, because that makes sense. Mount Everest is outside. So Exposition Everest mm. would be primarily outdoors, even though you go through the mountains. Yeah. The Toy Story coaster. Mm-hmm. Also makes sense that it's outside because you're in Andy's backyard and he built these tracks using his connects. Exactly. Aside from that, Disney doesn't have a whole lot of outdoor coasters. Yeah, they're mostly indoor because you can do more with them. You yep. can have projections, animatronics. And like... I feel so bad. It's Slinky Dog Dash. I could not oh. believe that I, I forgot about that. My apologies to my listeners. I'm very tired. It's been a long COVID. <laughs> So that was the big announcements for Shanghai and Hong Kong. Disneyland Paris will also be getting a Frozen-themed land. Will it be the same? I believe it might be different. Oh, different? I hope. Let's see. Interesting. Uh, They're getting a new promenade. They have a promenade there that's getting kind of a refresh. They're getting new English gardens uh, installed somewhere. Apparently, there's some places in Disneyland Paris that could use... A facelift, and this is one of those areas. Okay. Uh, this is enough. this is from listening to to Tom Corliss at WDWNT, who's been to Paris within the past month, so he knows firsthand oh. that there's some areas that could use a little cleaning up. Yeah. So they'll be sense. opening up New English Gardens, and they are going to be opening up a Tangled themed attraction. No Ooh. idea yet. No idea what it's going to be, but 
A themed attraction with tank? What do you think they might try to aim for? The riverboats with the lanterns. It has to be that. Oh, duh. Of course. I'm thinking the tower and having it be a dropping ride. Oh, it could be that, That'd too. That'd be fun. But no, the lanterns, you're absolutely right. It has, it has to, to be, be a, a riverboat ride. ride. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because if Disney knows anything, it's riverboat rides. Mm-hmm. Navi River Journey. Moving on, we go to Tokyo Disneyland. This will have the third themed Frozen Land. Wait, for the, there's not even three movies. Yeah, it's... But I mean, it's popular. I get it. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, and the, I would spend my money to go see it too, so I get it. The wait time for the one Frozen attraction that we have at Disney World, which is... Frozen Ever After at Epcot is always insane, so I get it. I and get it's a it. Good ride for being pretty simple too. So imagine if they made something more intense. Yep. Uh, they then introduced Toshio Gagami, who was a Disney legend, who is in the audience for D twenty three. He's been integral to getting much of Tokyo Tokyo Disney Sea off the ground. Oh, okay. I uh, just had him stand up and got a standing ovation. They announced that Fantasy Springs will be the eighth. Port of Call at Disney Seas. I did not realize that Tokyo Disney Sea had seven ports of call, but what is a port of call? It's like the lands, the various lands. Like we oh. have Tomorrowland and Adventureland. There's they have seven. They have seven. Over how many parks? Just Tokyo Disney Sea, which is much like Disneyland has that California Adventure section right yeah. next to it. Disney Sea exists right next to it. Oh my Atlantis! So wait, what's the eighth one? Uh, it's called Fantasy Springs, so I'm guessing it's a fantasy land themed hmm. area. Because I, I know that they, means... I think they have an Agrabah, and I think oh. they have like a Journey to the Center of the Earth attraction oh. and a Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea attraction. So with fantasy, maybe we're getting onward. Could be because that would be more fantasy themed. We haven't had anything onward, and it was I'm such kind of a surprised. good movie. Yeah, and I'm surprised. It's something fun. It's pretty much D and D, but Disney. Yeah, like there's enough fans for it, and you have Chris Pratt, oh, and Tom, Tom Holland. Holland, and Julia Louis Dreyfus, who's now part of the Marvel universe. You have all of these Disney yeah. properties. Octavia Spencer. I don't think she's done a whole lot with the Disney company, but bring her on because no. she is amazing. <laughs> Maybe they price themselves out by having too many high level actors. Yeah, probably. So that's what's coming. There was also a preview of Elsa's audio animatronic, which actually looks better than the one that we have in Epcot. Wait, it looks better than that one? Yes. Because again, it looks like a actual audio animatronic with just the eyes animated, whereas mm-hmm. with ours, we have the entire face gets animated. Oh, does the whole face? I believe it does. I thought it was a projection. It's just that smooth. That's crazy. I'm going to have to go back and watch some videos. I know, videos. right? I say have to. I'm going to go back and watch some videos. Then there was a live performance of Into the Unknown. Again, not Let It Go, but Into the Unknown. Kind of surprised. With a singer who sang in Cantonese, one who sang in Japanese, and one who sang in French to oh, tie wow. the three parts together. So wait, did they all sing the same song like but did different parts? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Until the very end where they sang together. Oh, I love that. Aside from that... Space Mountain at Tokyo Disney will be reimagined in 2024. There is concept art for this. Obviously, we are in an audio medium discussing this, so I would recommend to our listeners go check out the Space Mountain reimagined for 2024. It's got swervy and curvy lines as opposed to those straight lines that come out of the the ones that you see, the white 
so pyramid is it, type style. Is it only going to be the outside that gets updated since it's dark on the inside? No, I would imagine that they'll, they'll, they'll do the inside. I wonder what they'll change since it's primarily a dark ride. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, and then what they said is that new reimagined Space Mountain will anchor a new plaza set for 2027. No real 2027? other Yeah. Oh, wow. They're really planning ahead. The next thing that was done was Josh Tomorrow gave a shout out to the um, all the Imagineers and all of the success that they've done. This park's panel was called A Boundless Future, and he tied that into all of the work that the Imagineers did. Hmm. He brought out two Imagineers live on stage, Chris Bading and Jennifer Lee, to talk about some blue sky ideas. And for those not familiar with the term, blue sky is these beginning concept ideas. Your daydreaming ideas. You're looking up at the blue sky and you think to yourself, oh, wouldn't it be great if I did this or if we could do this? Wouldn't it be great if the Lilo and Stitch Great Escape ride became an inside-out ride? Exactly. Still no announcement on that. It's going to be Wreck-It Ralph, though, right? It's rumored to be Wreck-It Ralph. It needs to be inside-out. Yes, it does. <laughs> My opinion. So the conversation turned to Dino Land USA at Animal Kingdom. We know that Primeval World was taken apart bit by bit, screw by screw, and it mm-hmm. is now just this open land that's blocked off, and it's now a seating area for strollers and for human beings. The idea is two possibilities of combining Zootopia, which I would love in the United States, yes, and Moana, which we're already getting something at Epcot. I would hope for just straight Zootopia. What makes Moana Animal Kingdom... You're not the only person who's asked that, and I have not yet seen a coherent argument because, for it. Because, I mean, if we have Animal Kingdom, why are they not doing a Bugs Life attraction? Another, Other than the one that we already have. Right. I think Zootopia would be well, my, Zootopia should my be. top choice. Yes. But to answer your question, even Joe Rohde, who is the lead Imagineer for Animal Kingdom, did not think that this was a great idea. I... It feels like they're going to lean too far into Hey Hey, the chicken. Yes. Or those coconut things that they fight on the boats. Or the crab. Oh, yeah. that's it. You you know that's it. Because that's going to be a dark ride. And th- wait, speaking of dark rides, does that mean dinosaurs going away? That would mean dinosaurs going away. I'm thinking if it's Zootopia, you can retheme those vehicles as... A vehicle for Judy and Dinosaur could be Zootopia yep. being okay, but I mean Dinosaur is so good. It's the it last really real scary ride there. I will say if you miss it when it goes, we have to go to California to ride the Indiana Jones ride because it's the same premise, except you're you're not being chased by oh, a dinosaur. No, just a boulder, I'm sure. Yes, of course. <laughs> and you're following Indy around. Uh so there if this attraction does go completely if it gets raised then we still have something out there. We would just have to travel a little further. Gotcha. Uh, the concept art that they showed for this only showed Moana. I did not see anything Zootopia in the concept art. Again, this is Blue Sky, so... Oh, true. So a lot of things could change, technically. Yes. But Zootopia, I hope, gets pushed through a little further. I hope so, too. I hope they lean more towards that, because we have Moana's Journey of Water coming to... It's not an attraction, it's a walkthrough experience. And, you know, another one that we need an actual attraction for, not just a show, Lion King. 
Yes. How is there not like a gazelle run kind of themed anything? They've used it in so many shows and so many parades, but yet you're right. We do not have it. There's the one show and it's great. Don't get me wrong, but wouldn't it be great to see the opening scene where Mufasa died? I wouldn't be great to see it. Or just spoiler. (laughs) Or to even have something towards the end where you're like running away from the hyenas. Mm -hmm. No, it would be. It took them 20 years to get a full Beauty and the Beast attraction, and that's out in Japan, but it took them 20 years. It just opened within the past five years. Wow, and I'm just sitting here like there's all these classic properties that they honestly haven't really utilized for attractions at yeah, least. Yeah, and I get it. There's some modern ones that mm. are extremely popular. Yes. Hey, we don't talk about Bruno, <laughs> but it's a very popular song. Well, I mean, is that uh, is Encanto potentially going to be added to anything? How dare you? It says if you read my mind, because <laughs> the next Blue Sky item that they talked oh. about, the question was asked. Who is Bruno? Who is Bruno? Should we talk about Bruno? The question was, what's on the other side of Big Thunder Mountain? Hmm. Because for those of us who go to Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom... You see Big Thunder Mountain, and it's the end of Frontierland. It stops there. Then the Rivers of America right there, and Tom Sawyer Island. But beyond that, it just stops there. Beyond it, to us, is a railroad track. But what's beyond that? What if it was the world of Coco? And what if it was... Don't get my hopes up on The that. world of Encanto. Oh. And what if, just what if, if they have enough room left over... What if there was a villain's land Ugh. hiding away behind Big Thunder Mountain? So those are the three blue sky items that they want to bring to the Magic Kingdom. And I Google mapped it. There is room. I was going to ask. That's a lot to add. Because what they did in Disneyland, what was beyond Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland, turns out it's Galaxy's Edge. They were able to build Galaxy's Edge oh, behind geez. their Big Thunder Mountain. What if we got Coco and Encanto and a villains-themed land? See, now with the villains, I'm a little hesitant, because just because I would like them to be their own park. Yes. You know, I think that would be a, a great blue sky idea, but I can understand why they can't get to it quite yet. I have to put a huge disclaimer on this. This is not confirmed by anybody mm-hmm. within the Walt Disney Company, but there is a lot of chatter online by some very smart Disney streaming folks that when they mentioned this blue sky idea for villains, they were actually talking about a fifth park as opposed to a section of the Magic Kingdom. Just because with villains and how popular they are nowadays, you could really do a lot. Yes. And it'll introduce a lot it'll introduce a lot of new properties that haven't been touched yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh per Tom Corliss, WDWNT He said that back in 2000 or just before 2001 when uh, the parks suffered a loss with uh, the drop in attendance because of September 11th. Prior to that, there was talks of a fifth gate park called Tragic Kingdom. That's tragic. I know. And the centerpiece would have been Bald Mountain. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not even fair. Oh, I love that idea. Me too. I hope it comes to fruition, but if we get a villain's land, I'm not going to be upset. You know, it could they could just change it to, like, Tragic Kingdom is... That mm. just sounds like a bad idea for a name. Yes. 
Does, yes. You shouldn't I call your park tragic. I think you're opening yourself up to <laughs> criticism. I was thinking like under the rainbow, something like that, a dark side of the rainbow. Yeah. Something more mystical and magical. This is also the company that opened up a theme park in outside of Paris and called it Euro Disney when Euro was a, it was currency. Oh, and this is when like, they had the franc, wasn't it, it? It's like calling it Dollar Park. So Tragic Shut up and Kingdom, take my money. Tragic Kingdom, great idea, great concept, mm-hmm. but in practice might not be the best. Yeah, but I would like to go back to Encanto and Coco. I like the idea of them being added together because could you imagine a land where they're connected by a bridge from Coco and it's got all the flowers and the colors on it? That's what we're hoping for. And you're going from a living to a dead kind of style? Oh, yes. That's what they talked about, too. That oh. In Coco, the entire village every day is celebrating Dias de los Mortis. Oh, that's so much fun. Yes. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then you would be able to visit the house in Encanto, the magical house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if it'd be an attraction or oh. if you just walk around and the door. move around. Yes. You've got to make the door a thing for the kids. And we've gone through this. Why is Rock and Roller Coaster not a door themed for monsters? Oh and gosh. come on, folks. Missed opportunities. So much missed opportunities. <laughs> so I'm very excited. The concept art shows Emmanuel flying on whichever animal that was. I'm sorry. I haven't seen the movie in so long. That's what they have planned. That's all they talked about it for Blue Sky Ideas. So Wesley can see. Again, this is an audio medium, so you can't really see. I have six and a half pages of notes. There's quite a few. Only a few bullet points on one-fourth of a page for Magic Kingdom and for the rest of Walt Disney World. So getting this at the end was wonderful. They close out the ceremony with a video of families being surprised with the Disney trip. You know, you see it on TikTok and YouTube all the time. Like, surprise, we're going to Disney World. That's cute. Then they talked about the 100th anniversary celebration, the Years of Wonder. Each park and ship, cruise ship, will showcase the celebration in their own way. Hmm. Late January 2023, we'll have new looks for Disneyland. The Magic happens parade which was only up for a few weeks before covid shut down the park will be returning i believe this is the one that was produced by todrick hall oh I yes didn't he produced one of these he did and mm. it was very popular but only lasted for a few weeks why is that uh covid oh was yep. it just coming out and then it hit and matt and i so matt and i were talking about this if you go back to episode 30 which we recorded in november 2021 Entertainment at that point hadn't really been brought back to the park, so it's slowly trickling back. True, yeah, because everything really had to shut down for quite some time. We didn't get the full parades at the Magic Kingdom until Christmas of last year. Yeah, because even when we were there, what was it, February last year? There was only the pop-up parades that maybe lasted all of five minutes? The cavalcades, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Aside from Magic Happens, Disneyland is getting two nighttime shows, one called World of Color 1. They did have this water feature show called World of Color, which has not been back. They are going to be adding some new segments, calling it World of Color 1. And then they are also doing Wondrous Journeys, which will be a love letter to all 60 animated films. There are 60 of them? There are 60 of them. Woo! I believe Beauty and the Beast was 30th at that time. And you have to imagine, too, when they absorbed Pixar. Oh, yeah, that came with a bunch. Oh, yeah. And there was no way Disney was ever going to let Pixar go. 
there was there was a disagreement within that that marriage for a while. Yep. But Bob Iger smoothed things out. Let's just hope Bob Chapek doesn't do anything else. Uh, fingers crossed. I.e., look at the Reedy Creek Improvement District. I'll just leave it right there. That's one thing that's happened since the last time I recorded with Matt. That didn't happen at that point. But Disney potentially losing the deal that they had with the state of Florida over the Reedy Creek Improvement District. That's a, do- that's a topic we'll go into in depth. And then the panel ended with a new song called It's Wondrous. And it was a live performance with Disney cast members. And then they were joined by several Disney characters. Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, Buzz Lightyear, Ray mm. Skywalker. Like They all came out and sang. And that's going to be what they're going to be using in this Wondrous Journeys. Think of it as their happily ever after. Okay. Not their okay. enchanted. Not their enchant or enchantment. No, more more happily ever after. It was a nice song. It was along the same lines of happily ever after, but I'd say it was even a little slower. Oh, okay. It almost sounds like it's more of like we are the world kind of thing. Pretty much. Okay, I like that. It's their Unity. we are the world. Yes, and that was it. That is the full recap of the entire D twenty three twenty twenty two Parks and Experience panel. Hosted by Josh tomorrow on September 11th, 2022. I'm saying the date several times as a way to remind me, Chris, I need to have this edited fairly soon and not wait 10 months. <laughs> so, Wesley, parting thoughts. There's a lot going on, it seems like. Even if it's not much going on in the Florida location that we go to. But I'm excited because there are some things that I knew have been rumors for a while that are starting to seem to come to fruition a bit. Um, I'm really hoping for some, in particular, Villains Park, you mm-hmm. know. But I I do like that they're trying to keep it fresh, keep it new, but not forgetting their roots. I agree. I absolutely agree. Let's, let's not forget mm-hmm. what got you 100 years of wonder. Exactly. Because we, you know, we're seeing all of these remakes being done of the old movies and you know some of them are flops some of them are good but we have to keep in mind the new generation this is what they're going to be introduced to yes this is going to be the pretty new shiny movie that's out to them that's going to be a classic to them when they're older that is true so i love that they're keeping everything alive by just putting a fresh coat of paint on it i had i don't know if it's the fortune or misfortune i grew up in the 80s with Disney, which means a lot of films from the vault, starting with Snow White, going mm-hmm. all the way up to, my goodness, The Black Cauldron. Oh. The Black Cauldron was the start of a very dark period in it, Disney's history. That one's like a adult movie, really. Right. Yeah, it very much is. Then they had The Mouse Detective and The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under. They had some good hits, but throughout most of the 80s, they had less box office gold than they would have liked to. A lot of direct-to-video stuff. And then, of course, we got the late 80s, early 90s with the Renaissance, starting with Little Mermaid. Going That's forward. when I was growing up. So I was part of that. I grew up with VHS copies of some of the original Disney movies. And then as a teen, moving into the Renaissance and getting a chance to see all of these wonderful new films coming out. And okay, let's face it, not some great films out there mm-hmm. recently light year uh did i say that out loud is my mic on i'm sorry <laughs> i love when they show appreciation for what got them there and what's keeping them there right now yes exactly like think a key example for me maleficent mm-hmm. 
It was a great way to do an origin story for a different character, even Cruella. They're both amazing movies that did very, very well, and they told a different perspective, but to a classic story that we already know. Yes. Yes, indeed. I would like... This is just me daydreaming and wishing and hoping and... Your blue sky? Rubbing a magic lamp that some of the classic properties still gets the love. I'd love to Mm -hmm. see some more Sleeping Beauty. I'd like to say Pinocchio, but we're talking about the original, not what was released with Tom Hanks and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We are getting one more. Guillermo del Toro. That is true. And it should be pretty good, I think. Outside of the Disney company, though. It, I believe that's his own his own production company. Good point. So we'll see. We'll see. But Disney, and of course, let's not forget that two, three, four years ago, they did announce a Mary Poppins attraction at the England Pavilion, but... She might be Poppins back up later. Let's hope. Let's hope. So that's that's it. I Like I said, I'm going to save a lot of my other opinions when Matt can come back and join us. Matt, please... Get better when you can, and uh, but rest up. We'll we'll record soon. So with that, I think I'm going to end this episode. We're just about an hour, so that's perfect, folks. If you want to get in touch with the Mass Mouse Fans podcast, you can always email us at massmousefans at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at massmouse. You can visit us online at massmousefans.com. There's also a Facebook group. There's I think maybe Instagram. I don't know. I <laughs> signed up for everything all at once. Folks, I'm over a certain age where I would probably need somebody younger to start keeping up with all of the socials. But yes. Oh, and if you would like to help support the Mass Mouse Fans podcast, you can visit anchor.fm, locate Mass Mouse Fans, and you can become a monthly supporter. You can become a one-time supporter. You can also click on the description within the podcast link. And it will take you to our Mass Mouse Fans page. You can find us everywhere where your podcast, favorite podcast is. And I think I'm going to end it there because, yeah, I'm getting a little tired. The mouth is getting a little dry. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. And we will see you all at the next one. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner here at the Mass Mouse Fans Podcast. When you're looking to plan your next Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, we suggest you reach out to Danielle Elliott at Marvelous Mouse Travels. Danielle is a lifelong Disney enthusiast, a former Walt Disney World cast member, and a graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge. When you book with her, your booking includes 100% free concierge-level services, some of which include customizing the perfect Disney vacation package for your family and your budget, booking those difficult-to-secure fast passes and dining reservations, providing tips and tricks to get the most out of your vacation and more. Danielle also monitors Disney promotions to help you save money. For those Disney trip veterans, you'll still be in control of all of the details. Danielle will take care of all of your needs, so you can have all the fun and truly say Hakuna Matata throughout your time at Disney. Contact her for a free quote at danielle.elliot at marvelousmousetravels.com or by messaging her Facebook page.